This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are covering all the madness of March. We're also going to talk NFL and all the offseason moves. A little Major League Baseball and all that's going on there as well. That and more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. And joining me as he usually does, my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? And I don't know, it's madness going on around, isn't it? I'm telling you, it's all we hoped the tournament would be. Well, I guess, yeah. Being <laughs> here at Lexington, I don't know it's what we hoped it would be, but yes. uh, it is a interesting weekend uh, here in Lexington as the men bowed out in the first evening of the tournament against St. Peter's. Murray State loses to the same St. Peter's team. They're a Kentucky team. And uh, and even the ladies lost to Princeton in the first round of the girls' tournament, too. So it is a uh, an odd and somber feeling around the area here at the very least. And we didn't have a Friday show this week due to schedules and different things. But, um, yeah, it, it, there's plenty to talk about. And you're talking about the tournament. Let's start with Kentucky. Kentucky, a fifth, uh, two seed, losing to the 15 seed, St. Peter's, and it wasn't on a buzzer beater. Uh, St. Peter's beat them by six, but, um, you know, the whole last couple of minutes, it was like, sure enough, Kentucky's going to lose this game. And, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously here close to it. What's the outside world thinking about the Kentucky lost? Well, I, I a little bit that I heard this week was a lot kind of of what you said. You know, what is Coach Cal's philosophy? Is it trying to win championships or does he just hang his hat on getting a lot of guys in the NBA? And I've heard you, <coughs> excuse me, talk about that before. So I think that's some of the question that comes up. Um, that one's probably the one, a couple of them really hit people's brackets, but probably that one because a lot of people had them going 
Um, definitely Final Four, some winning the championship. I did, and others. So um, it, it made it made a lot of it resounded a lot. I think around the country because um, they were pretty highly regarded this year. Yeah, there is a lot of disgust in Lexington over Coach Cal and his lack of winning uh, championships. He's won one in his time at in Kentucky. He's made a couple Final Fours, a few Final Fours. Um, uh, he's missed the tournament once or twice. I know once for sure. I'm trying to think. Uh, I think just once. But that was in the Narlins Noel year. Um, it, you know, should they fire him? I don't know because who are they going to replace him with? I'm not sure that there's, a, that there's a coach out there right now that is just the obvious, yeah, we could go get him. But – there has to be changes. I mean, there, you cannot continue to run the program the way he's run it because it's not working. Um, you know, you just, you can't have a year like this year where you have all the talent in the world and you cannot pull off a first round win against St. Peter's, the Peacocks. You can't lose to the Peacocks. Uh, it's just something you can't do. And Cal did lose. Um, you know, it's the, he's the plan is for him to be back next year, which makes sense. Like I said, uh, who will he lose this year? You know, what players will come back? That's a big question as well. There is potential now that Kenny Payne gets hired in Louisville that he could maybe steal a couple of players that he recruited to Kentucky. But it looks like, generally speaking, they're not going to lose as much as maybe they have in the past. Um, if they can get Oscar Shebway to come back, which it sounds like he's got some big money uh, uh, ready for next year if he stays uh, through the NIL deals. And that might encourage him to stick around for another year. I mean, if Oscar Sheepway wasn't on the floor the other night, it would have been a blowout by St. Peter's. <laughs> Sheepway was the only good thing happening for Kentucky. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how all that shakes out and and uh, and what comes back. But it's, it's disappointing. There was a big thought of, boy, Kentucky and Murray State going to play in the second round in state. It's going to be awesome. Everybody was going to be, you know, uh, cheering for Kentucky, but also excited for Murray State and all that kind of stuff. And it ends up it's St. Peter's versus Murray State, and St. Peter's wins that game too. So they are the official Cinderella of the year this year. Uh, how much further do you think St. Peter's can go? Well, I mean, it's really hard to say because, you know, you wouldn't think they would be where they're at right now. Um, so depending on who they play, you know, it, it, I was thinking about that today. <clears throat> it's, I don't know in college basketball if we've hardly had a Cinderella that has really gone all the way. There has been a few teams that were a surprise, but I'm trying to think if there's a real small school like this, um, you know, it's gone a long ways. I guess what Florida Gulf Coast a couple of years ago went a ways. Um, but this, this, you know, is really quite the story. Now, I don't know if they'll go any further or not. It looks like they're really well coached. They have a really good game plan um, of who they're going to play. And if that's the case, then, hey, you know, if you can get hot, hit your shots and 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 can, you know, outcoach the other team, um, you know, there may be a chance um, that, you know, they've, I'm sure they've gone further than, you know, I know they said, well, they didn't come to lose, but I don't know what they would have expected to be in the Sweet 16. Um, but again, they can play there. There's no there's no pressure on them. You know, they can play and play loose. So um, it'll be a very interesting to see if they do go any further. Don't know that they will. 
Yeah, what makes things worse for Kentucky, and we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, so there's still games to be played, so we don't know the outcomes of all the games. What makes it worse for Kentucky is that if Texas and UCLA are playing in the Elite Eight, there's Kentucky transfers on both of those teams. Johnny Juzang, who never played, uh, played sparingly at Kentucky, is trying to make his second straight trip uh, to the Final Four with UCLA. Texas, they get as Askew, who was the point guard last year. He did play at Kentucky. I really wanted him to stay. I thought he was going to be much better this year. He's on Texas now, uh, but we don't know the Texas-Purdue outcome yet. Uh, UCLA will be facing off against North Carolina. That East bracket busted everybody, right? you got Baylor, who's already out, the number one seed. Yep. Um, you've got uh, St. Mary's, who a lot of people were in on, lost to UCLA. And, of course, Kentucky being out as well. Uh, North Carolina, legit. Are they going to make a run here? They beat Duke uh, towards the end of the season. Now, uh, here we sit. They're, they they uh, they face UCLA next to go to the Elite Eight. The way they're playing, I mean, yeah, I, they could be hard to beat. Like I said, I, was, I, t- I didn't think they'd done all that well this year, and I remember the Duke game there at the end, and you thought, wow, they really played well, and Duke should have been ready to play. And now in the tournament, they look good, and they obviously have some good players, uh, no doubt about that. So they they might they could make a run. They could very easily, um, you know, I think get to the Final Four. Yeah, them and Michigan playing good ball at the right time, right? Michigan upsets. Yeah. Uh, they upset. Who did they upset to begin with? Colorado State, and then they beat Tennessee in the uh, second round. So they advanced to play Villanova, who's playing some decent basketball. Um, you know, I'm a little – Michigan really surprises me, um, honestly. I, yeah. I'm very surprised by what they're doing so far. I did not think that mentally they would be in the right space to have a run, but it looks like they're they're going to make a run right now. Uh, like I said, they'll face Villanova. Um, then you've got Houston, who got past Illinois. That's not surprising, uh, in my opinion. And then – uh, we'll figure out. We again, we don't know the winner yet as of this recording of Arizona TCU, but assume Arizona wins. But uh, you know what that that does. So, um, any other teams beside Michigan and North Carolina that have surprised you so far? Um, I don't know about surprise me as far as teams that we had talked about who do look like they've came to the tournament ready to play. Arkansas looks really good, and I think they're going to give Gonzaga all they can handle there, and Villanova, like you said, is playing some really good basketball, Um, and um, so I think they could make a move. As far as surprising, um, you know, I think we've discussed the ones that were, um, you know, the surprises there from that standpoint. Yeah, Arkansas is going to run into Gonzaga, and Gonzaga's no pushover. There are completely different kinds of teams uh, Arkansas, a little bit more defensive-minded uh, than Gonzaga is. Gonzaga, of course, has some young superstars as well as some really savvy vets as well. So that'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Of course, um, again, recording this early, we don't have all the answers for the other teams that have advanced uh, there as well. Houston, Dad, I picked Houston to, to beat Illinois um, in this bracket you know, I looked at the Ken Palm ratings and they had Houston a good bit above Illinois and those. And uh, so that kind of what ultimately drew me to Houston. Uh, you know, Illinois, you're an Illinois fan. They, they didn't look great against Houston. <laughs> no, they, well, they played poorly. Um, the big 10 tournament, they played poor in that, that game. They didn't play good in the first game, but they did win and they didn't, it just looks like they're, they weren't ready to play. 
or weren't focused. There was a couple players that played real well, but the, it, for some reason, I mean, you wouldn't think that would be the case. They just came out and weren't really on top of the game. They didn't shoot extremely well. And of course, you know, in, in this, in today's basketball, you know, if you start missing a lot of threes and the other team's hitting a couple, you're in trouble. And that happened there. So, uh, yeah, I was afraid going into today because they had not played well in their last two games. And Houston, by the way, looked very good, I thought, today. And um, they, they, they could, cause some, could cause some noise. Uh, two teams that have been ousted have lost their coach now. Uh, Mississippi State hires New Mexico State's uh, head coach. And Florida went out and got San Francisco's head coach, who was a – uh, assistant under Bruce Pearl at Auburn. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of the SEC has a lot of job openings right now. And you wonder if after each round, a new coach gets hired as yeah. their team gets eliminated. Uh, you know, maybe St. Peter's coach gets a few offers here uh, before it's all said and done as well. Uh, looking at it right now, Dad, with who we know is in it, who's your pick going forward? Um, as far as winning the championship? Yeah. Um, when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level or on top of the world. Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. I would say, you know, I, I had Arizona in the championship against Kentucky, so I'd have to probably still say Arizona, even though I think Villanova, you know, I haven't seen Wisconsin play yet today. I'd like to see Wisconsin do well. Um, and I said, I think Arkansas is a hot team. But if I had to pick one today, I'd probably have to stay with Arizona, even though because they're one of the few top teams left. Yeah, I had Gonzaga and Arizona in the finals. Uh, so I'm still safe as of this recording. Of course, <laughs> Arizona plays tonight. And uh, and maybe when this comes out Monday morning, everybody will be going, uh, ECU still in. So we'll see how all that shakes out. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. And, Dad, we talked about it before. The, this tournament, there's so many so many options this year. It seems like there's not one dominant team pretty well to spread out. Uh, greater opportunities this year and having Baylor and Kentucky already out. Um, as of this recording, all the, the other two seeds are still in. Um but I mean, Tennessee's out who we thought should have been seated higher than three. They get eliminated. So um, I don't know. Uh, I I think we're still up for plenty of good and exciting endings to this basketball tournament before it's all said and done uh, at this point. Um, any other comments on the NCAA tournament? No, you know, we said it'd be wide open. And I think I would think the ratings are good because I think people will be more interested next 
weekend because of the teams. You know, you're not saying, oh, well, so-and-so is going to win it. And it looks like, to me, it's more enjoyable. You're watching teams play and not necessarily one or two superstars at this point, even though there are some very good players and very good players left in the tournament, um, you know, team play, they're playing defense, they're rebounding. Um, and of course the three, you know, the three point thing really makes it exciting and any number of guys can hit it. So um, I, I think it'll continue to be fun for everybody to watch. Yeah. And where you live North of Dayton, the coaching hire there too, Sean Miller makes his return to Xavier um, after some issues at Arizona, of course, now they're Arizona's a one seed, but, uh, uh, you know, Sean Miller, he's kind of got a bad rub to some degree, uh, with some of the things that he got fired for, but, uh, Xavier, I think it's a great hire. Um, obviously a good coach. So, uh, getting him back for the program should turn out to be pretty good. I would think for Xavier, you're, are you hearing anything different up there? Anything negative? No, no, I think it'll be very positive, um, with people up here. So, um, nope, I believe it's good. All right, on to the NFL, and there has been plenty of news <laughs> since our last program in the NFL. Uh, let's start. Let's start with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is facing a suspension. Still, I would assume anywhere from four to six games uh, once everything gets said and done. But uh, Cleveland gives up five draft picks for him. They get back Watson and, and a draft pick as well. Uh, they were told they were out of the running there for a while. It looked like Atlanta was going to be the landing spot. Next thing you know, the announcement comes, Watson to Cleveland's happening. Let's start with the football side of things. Where does Deshaun Watson, uh, where can he take this Cleveland team to? Well, I mean, this should be very good. I think he he picked one of the teams where they have weapons and they have, um, you know, like I said, of course, the fan base, I think, is very, will be very excited about it and is. And, um, you know, I, I think he can I think he can be very successful. Cleveland last year was expected to do better than they did. Now, they are in an interesting division and you got Cincinnati that's really rolling and doing well now. But uh, I think Watson, I, I think this was a good place for him um, to end up. Um, it, it was kind of interesting. You know, he got into, well, this team's out of the running and this team's out of the running. And then all of a sudden it opens back up. That's always kind of interesting. But um, I, I think Cleveland will be a – I think Cleveland's a, a good spot for him and it's going to make um, for a very interesting team, no doubt about it. Um, I think I'm right about this, but if he does have, let's say he gets suspended for four games or six games, he can still be involved in the, in the preseason and in training camp. Can he not? It's just suspended for those games. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think the suspension starts after preseason. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure. I'm trying to look real quick to see, cause they got rid of receivers. They don't have the same receivers there. They got Amari Cooper who they traded for. Uh, obviously is the big one. Um, I'm looking quickly through here. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Ryan Switzer, uh, Landry got cut, so he's not there. So uh, their roster, they still have some holes to fill, but of course we got the draft uh, coming. They got David Njoku, the tight end. They lost Austin Hooper, cut Austin Hooper to make salary cap room. But they've got a good defense. They've got good running backs. They've got a decent offensive line. Um I mean, and then, like I said, you add Amari Cooper to the to the mix as well. They also uh, signed Jacoby Brissett as their backup quarterback. 
too. So they've got an interesting squad there, and I've said it for a while now. I think Deshaun Watson's the top three quarterback in the NFL, uh, but he hasn't played for a year, and he might not play for you know a few more weeks after the year starts as well. It'll be interesting to see exactly um, what you know what they do. So it is a deal where they need to win now because again they've given up a lot of draft picks. So um, now I think they can do stuff with free agency and that will help. But um, I think, you know, the fan base is going to expect um, big results in the next couple of years. So there you go. Good word. Expect. Uh, Expectations change things for a program and um, good and bad, I think, to some degree. Now the expectation is going to be incredibly high in Cleveland. Uh, Does that make it harder for, for the Browns or does that help them give them that that sense that, you know, we're expected to do good, whereas they've had kind of a long history of doing bad. I think it'll help them because I think, you know, they, they they feel like they're headed in the right direction. And I think having Deshaun Watson is going to be a real uptick again. Part of it's going to be, you know, how many games will he be suspended? How many games? And then when the schedule comes out, who are those games? Um, that he's going to be suspended for. Is he going to be there for both Cincinnati games or is he going to miss one of those? You know, that'll be interesting from there. So there's definitely some things to be answered, but I, I think Cleveland fans will, um, what I picked up around here, a lot of Cleveland fans also, and and they've stayed very positive. They felt like things were headed in the right direction. And I assume they're going to be happy with this move um, away from Mayfield. All right, Baker Mayfield. Not a whole lot of quarterback jobs open at the moment. Uh, you've got Indianapolis, Seattle, uh, Carolina, maybe Atlanta um, as a possibility. Houston, of course, as well. Um, what do you think happens to Baker Mayfield? And do you think a team that needs a quarterback should take a shot on him? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think a team that needs a quarterback, that makes sense. Um, be inter- kind of interesting to see where he goes. It would make some sense he might end up in Houston. I don't think that would be good for him. That would, wouldn't be the best thing there. Um, when I look at teams, I think it'd be interesting if he went to Seattle. Um, you know, they have quite a fan base there. Now he would have to he would have to play good. But if, if things started out good there, their fan base, you know, they got a great fan base. They have a lot of draft picks now. Um, and you know, they do they have some talent, a wide receiver, no doubt about that. Um, it'd be a little bit of a building thing. So I don't think it would be like, oh, he needs to come in and they need to be in the Super Bowl next year. And he needs to he needs to play well and do his part. But again, you know, the way he rallied people in Cleveland, to me, fitting with the Seattle fan base would kind of make sense. I don't really see him in Indianapolis. New Orleans, I think, could be um, Carolina. I, you know, I, I don't know. Houston, like I said, I could see them being interested. Don't know if that would be the best for him. But I would assume early this week, you know, we'll hear something. If Houston wanted them, they would have got him, I think, in the Watson trade. I, I would assume that was an option. For them, so I don't. I don't think Houston's where he's going. New Orleans, they're re-signing Jameis Winston. I don't think it makes sense to bring in uh, to bring in Mayfield with Jameis Winston there. Uh, Seattle's a great a great spot. Uh, you're right on there. It, it is a phenomenal spot. He will sell tickets. He has a Russell Wilson esque playing style. Uh, he's mobile. Um, he's short. <laughs> um, you know those kind of things. Uh, and I think fans will actually like him better than Russell. Russell. 
is you know he's, he's a good quarterback and a good person overall. He just uh, you know he doesn't give you much <laughs> in the interviews and things like that. So Baker Mayfield talks and and uh, would be an interesting fit in Seattle. That's that's a good one. I'd like to see him to go to Indianapolis. I like the coaching staff at Indy um, and what he could provide. You know, I wonder if if there are other teams out there that would have maybe taken a swing at him because he. I would assume he's going to be pretty cheap. I mean. I don't think you have to give up a whole lot to get Baker Mayfield on your team right now, right? I, yeah, I, I would think. Of course, you know, he was the first pick overall at one time. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't think maybe it would come over with a real high high price tag. Um, well, he's, not, know, he's only going to be under contract for one more season, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so you're going to have to resign him. But that, you know, Cleveland can't hold that over anybody. Um, Cleveland has absolutely no need for him other than. Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended and he could start for the first whatever games. But Mayfield, I think he's done in Cleveland. I don't oh, think he yeah. will play for them. Um, uh, Pittsburgh, they went out and got Mitch Trubisky. You know, I would, so I wouldn't think he'd bring him in. Philadelphia is the other one to watch, Dad. They got Jalen Hurts there, but, you know, there's never been this feeling that Philadelphia is sold on Jalen Hurts. So I think Philadelphia and Seattle are definitely interesting teams to watch, um, especially if a team needs to sell some tickets. What about a team like uh, the New York Giants? Another team who's unsure about their quarterback situation with Daniel Jones, new head head coach, um, and New York would be an interesting place for Baker Mayfield to live. <laughs> That'd be very interesting. Well, like you said, Atlanta's interesting too because with Matt Ryan here, you know, is that what happened with Baker Mayfield? Hey, we're gonna you know we're gonna move on, and all of a sudden, no, we're not. And Atlanta, there was a lot of talk about that. Um, you know, Matt Ryan would fit really well in Indianapolis. To yes. me, that would be a good fit there. Um, and um, Atlanta, you know, again, I, you know, that's a place that would probably rally around um, Baker Mayfield, and he would fit in in some ways um, there. Uh, again, I think talent-wise, um, even though they've got to rebuild a little bit, I think Seattle's a really good spot. But it, you know, it'd be interesting to see, be interesting to see where he goes. He's very charismatic personality. Um, you know, I think fans can attach to him well. His style of play, as long as he's doing well. But last year again, he was hurt, and there's a lot of now a lot of talk. You know, should have he played? Did that really, you know, hurt him and the Browns? So uh, we'll see. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, great point. Um, he gave everything he had to Cleveland, uh, played injured for them, and they just completely trashed him. So it's it's going to be hard for any anybody to really look at the situation and go, uh, you know, as they look forward to playing hurt in the future, they're probably going to be less likely to do so, even though we're moving that direction anyhow. Uh, of course, we need to get to the news that uh, wide receiver traded in the NFL. Uh, you know who we're talking about. Robert Woods to Tennessee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Titans. Uh, Titans get him cheap, by the way. Let's talk about Robert Woods real quick. Uh, the Rams didn't need him anymore uh, as they made improvements to their wide receiver court. Um, 
I'm, you know, I'm not a Tennessee guy, a Tennessee fan. You know, the Titans are not, you know, I'm not a Tannehill backer or anything like that. They get rid of Julio Jones, replace him with Robert Woods. Um, they're in a weak division. You know, does this help Tennessee a lot? Does it help them a little? How does, how does that move work for the Titans? I would think it helps them a little. If Woods can get back to playing the way he did, then I think he's a good addition and it'll work well um, with Brown. And um, I, I think it could be a, I think it could be a positive pickup for him. I don't know that it puts them in the elite in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, and again, you know, um, you know, if they have the running back for the whole season next year, they're, they're, they're a different team then, so no doubt about it. And Woods probably a good addition. Yeah, I think so too. Um, let's talk about Devontae Adams. So Thursday, I'm driving home from Indiana. We, had, we went over for a funeral and was driving back, and my son had my phone, and he said, Dad, one of somebody just texted you and said the Packers traded away their best fantasy wide receiver. And, uh, so I said, give me my phone. So I was like, sure enough, it's Devontae Adams. So I immediately call you dad and we have a conversation about it. Um, you were not as, uh, negative as I was expecting. Um, so give me your thoughts on Devontae Adams going to Vegas, start with Vegas, how it helps them. And then talk about green Bay and the loss. Well, I, it should, I mean, it should help Vegas. Um, you know, there, it's going to be interesting to see, will he be as good a receiver without Aaron Rodgers? Uh, oh, hang, on, that, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So you're saying, your question is, did Rodgers make Adams or is Adam as, Adams as good as we think he is? Adams is, is a good receiver. Is Adam, will Adams be one of the top receivers in the NFL without Aaron Rodgers? Um, we'll see. Now, Derek Carr's good. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's potential there. You know, they'll have some chemistry quick because they played in college, and he should be a help. But, I, I, yeah, I think there's no doubt if he doesn't just tear it up, the question, you know, that's, that's going to come up. I, I would have been – I mean, I did not want to lose – Devontae Adams. But as I looked at everything, I wondered how it was going to work. Um, I think signing Aaron Rodgers, I would rather sign him than I would Devontae Adams if I had to pick between the two. Um, and if you if you kept Devontae Adams, you, you were going to lose a lot of other free agents because the money just there wasn't going to work. Um, and they've already made moves. They've signed guys that are, their defense is going to be a really – the defense played well at the end of the year. The new coordinator seemed to go well, and now they've got all the major pieces back. Uh, plus, you know, they have a history, I think, outside of Jordan Love, I think that they draft well. Um, they've got four picks in the top 60. And this draft is not a weak draft, and it's strong in some areas where they can use use help. So not only can they get four picks, but they can move. You know, they've got some they've got some latitude now to move around. They have an extra fourth. I think that will help them from there. Do they need wide receivers? Yes, they do. Uh, the thing is, they've signed a couple guys already. I would think they would sign Scantling. Um, and even if they do, they've got some money left for a free agent or two. Um, it just gives them more to work with than had they signed Devontae Adams for a huge, um, huge contract there. 
I cannot say, even in our conversation on the phone the other day, I saw you going the route that Devontae Adams uh, is not great. Um, I didn't see that one coming, Dad. Uh, I, I, Man, that one took me by surprise. Um, I, I don't even know what to say, Dad. I think Adams, I think, I think Adams is great. I think that uh, he was definitely helped by Aaron Rodgers as the years progress, but I think where he is now, he is uh, a top two wide receiver in the NFL. Hopkins is the guy I put up there with him, and I'm not sure if Hopkins is better or Adams is better. Um, I'd take either one and be incredibly happy with him. Um, he, you got to remember what Vegas is doing. They brought in Josh McDaniels as their head coach. He will also call the plays. You've got a very good quarterback that is um, – I think in the league, well-respected from media members and fans kind of look down on. Um, so adding Adams there is, is going to be great for, for Vegas. They've made other moves in the off season, defensive moves and things that are going to help them out a lot. They've got a good running back there as well. I think McDaniels, I think things are going to go well there on offense, especially for Vegas. When he goes to green Bay. You're right. And the moves they've made since they've traded Adams, it makes a lot of sense. They re-signed defensive guys that they really needed back. Um, they re-signed Bob Tunyon, which most people won't care about. He didn't have a good year last year. But they signed him to a one-year contract, not not spending a whole lot of money on him. They haven't signed Val- Valdez Scantling yet. I, I assume they will. Um, I find it hard to believe that they would have traded their number one receiver and left themselves with the cupboard pretty well bare. Um, Alan Lazard is better than people give him credit for. Unless you're a Packer fan, you probably think Alan Lazard is an average number three receiver. He's not. He is a solid number two wide receiver. So is Valdez Scanlon. Randall Cobb is a three receiver, maybe four at his age, um, but he has the trust of his quarterback as well. So they are in desperate need of a number one wide receiver. They don't have one. If Valdez Scanlon signs, he is not one. Um, he's had opportunities with Rodgers over the years. He's not developed into a number one receiver. Uh, Lazard, I think is probably outside of Randall Cobb, the most trusted receiver Aaron Rodgers has. Um, and, but again, he's not a burner. He's not gonna, um, he does good things. He does the things where I'd compare him to Jordy Nelson, honestly. Um, and maybe he's not as good as Jordy at his peak, but he's, he's in that direction. Um, he's not gonna, he's not going to absolutely obliterate you athletically, but he is tall. He makes the jump balls. And uh, the quarterback trusts him. So that's good. Um, I, you know, man, you you said you'd take Rodgers over Adams for this year, sure. But again, you could have added Adams for five or six years versus Rodgers for maybe two years. But again, the reports say Adams chose Vegas. He did not. Uh, he got offered the same or more money from Green Bay. And he said he wanted it out. And so obviously, um, as the Packers have been able to do in recent years, he burnt, somebody burned bridges there with Devontae Adams. And, uh, and, and I, I don't know that that's probably what hurts the most is knowing that he wanted to get out. Uh, which also makes me think Rogers is not around for very long. <laughs> right. I mean, if Adams says, yeah, I'm gone. Um, my guess is Rogers is there for one, maybe two more years. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. Again, Rogers has a history of developing wide receivers, making them better. He may look at this as a challenge, depending on who they get, but they may draft a kid and he may say, Hey, give me three years. And maybe he'll be like Devonte Adams was in three years. 
Um, I, you know, he, he may not. I don't know. I think he'll definitely be around um, a couple years, depending, again, on how they do. They have a lot of other, um, you know, players around them. And, again, you know, depending on the draft picks, be real interesting to see if they make a free agent move on the offensive side um, here coming up. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see from there. I did not want them to, you know, before, it, I did not see it coming. And if the deal would have been, hey, you want to get rid of Devontae Adams? No, you don't want to do that. But once it happened, yeah, I, I, I think you can, you know, no use to jump out the window. I don't think it's all over for next year or for the next couple years as far as that. I like Devontae Adams. I hope he does well with Carr and um, – in Vegas, hope that goes well there. I have no reason to think um, that it won't. Um, I I do think it's legitimate to say, will he be as good a receiver um, with the Raiders as he was with Green Bay? Um, not saying he wasn't a good receiver, wasn't saying he he wasn't a great receiver, but it it'll, it'll be interesting from there. Uh, where do you put Devonte Adams ranking him with other receivers in the NFL for next season? Um, I have to look at everybody, but he beats top two or three. I think no doubt about that based on what he's been doing, you know, from there. I think that's for true. Okay. Well, yeah, a little taken, a little taken by your take <laughs> with, uh, I wasn't ready for that one. Um, all right. So we'll see what happens as free agency continues. We have our draft previews coming up, uh, starting in April. Uh, as we go through the divisions and and look at different draft options, uh, go through the draft order, I guess, with that as well. Um, another team that's made some big moves this offseason is Cincinnati, Dan, announced uh, this weekend they signed Lael Collins, the Dallas Cowboy offensive tackle. He's a third offensive lineman they've signed here in the offseason. Joe Burrow uh, invited all of the new signees, their girlfriends or wives, and including Lael Collins over to his house for dinner on uh, Saturday night, had him over and wined and dined him. Uh, pretty impressive move from old Joe Burrow, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Joe Burrow knows what he's doing. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think he's got leadership. Uh, if he keeps his head on straight, which I think there's a good chance that he will, um, yeah, he, he knows how to rally people. And I think it's important for Cincinnati to build on what they had. There's going to be an incredible, incredible amount of optimism, um, around here. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, we've been hearing, okay, the Reds are giving up, but Hey, we've got the Bengals and you never heard of people talk about the Bengals, but now everybody's ready to go. This thing with Cleveland and Deshaun Watson, that's going to be very, very interesting. Um, because you'll have Bengal fans being very vocal and the Browns fans are already very vocal. So that'll make for interesting times around here, no doubt about it. But, um, I, yeah, Joe Burrow knows what he's doing. There, there's no doubt about that. You know, that's funny, too, when you talk about wide receivers, where does Jamar Chase look in this? He's, he's pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't say he's quite at their category yet with Adams and Hill and Hopkins, but one more year here, he's pretty good. Yeah, another year of it, sure. Uh, He's only done it for one year, so let's give the defenses a chance to adjust and see what happens in year number two. He looks to be the part. Uh, He looks to be a top five, six wide receiver in the NFL. You got to remember Cooper Cups up there as well. Um, You know, so there's 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 guys up there, but uh, yeah, we'll see what he does in year number two. 
Uh, you mentioned it before we came on air. The AFC North has gotten pretty fun. Uh, you've got you've got Cleveland, who's making their additions. Baltimore, what will they be next year? Will Lamar Jackson be healthy? How will they play? Didn't go well this year. And then Pittsburgh added Mitch Trubisky, and you know they've got Najee Harris. What are they going to do in the draft? Uh, they lose Juju Smith-Schuster, which was not surprising, and honestly, I don't think it hurts them that much. Um, but, uh, you know, they're going to have to improve in some areas too, but the AFC North could be a pretty fun conference here for the next several years. Yes, I think so. And like I said, you know, if, um, you know, we're still seeing where Baltimore is going to be, but, um, I mean, yeah, you have potential, you know, you, you've got some real interesting, you know, like I said, quarterbacks there for sure. So, um, like I said, depending on what Trubinsky does, but um, yeah, it, that, that's going to be a good division. I think, I think with what's happening, like I said, the draft is going to be interesting, going to make teams stronger. Now, when you draft offensive linemen, they're not going to make a splash, you know, in the preseason from there, but it'll help teams be very solid. Yeah. Um, uh, Juju went to Kansas City, uh, signing there. So now they got Tyreek, they've got Juju on the other side. That's where Juju belongs as the number two receiver. He's a good number two receiver. He's not a number one receiver. He's proven that over the years. Um, in Pittsburgh, like I said, I mean they got Claypool, they got Johnson still. They've got some decent guys there, and I don't think they're gonna they're gonna miss Juju uh, at all from there as well. Any other NFL topics you want to hit before we move on? Um, no, like I said, boy, a lot a lot of things keep happening in the NFL. And I assume there'll still be a little bit more of that, but before now, everything will, you know, for long the schedule will come out. So that'll be interesting discussion. And then, um, then the draft. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into the draft. Last year we had uh, a lot of draft coverage and I think we covered it really well. I know I'm biased, but um, I thought we had it really, really good last year. So working on that and looking forward to that as well. Uh, the next big thing that we're doing, Dad, is Major League Baseball preview. We'll be going through the divisions starting that next week and uh, and working on those. And Major League Baseball has had its fair share of stories as well. Freddie Freeman uh, signs with the Dodgers. The rich just get richer. Uh, Castellanos, who you were worried about because he's on your fantasy baseball team, he signs with the Phillies. Um, uh, did you keep you kept Castellanos, didn't you, in the keeper league? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did, and I think that's a good move. I think I'm going to be in good shape with him at Philly, no doubt about it. Um, have you reached out to your Philly source yet about Castellanos? I have not because um, he was doing a lot with March Madness, but I figure on the next day or so I'll get a hold of him and see how that goes. So, All right, so we'll, we'll come back to Philadelphia then. Uh, Carlos Correa signs in Minnesota. It's basically a one-year deal. He has the, it's a three-year deal. But he's got the opt-out options after after next season. So, uh, but a good signing for Minnesota, and then Trevor Story goes to Boston. Um, you know, once Correa signed, that would left basically Story as the only shortstop available worth signing at the moment. Uh, he goes to Boston, Dad. I think uh, um, I think Story bumps up in fantasy value immediately with signing in Boston, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where he uh, how he plays there in Boston. Um, you know, I think Trevor Story has gotten kind of the short end of the stick here the last couple of years, and I think he'll kind of revive himself there in Boston. What do you think? Yes, I, I think so. I think to, when I saw that, I thought that's a really good move. I mean, big move for Boston. Um, you know, they surprised people some last year, and I think that'll um, definitely, I'm sure, add excitement with the fan base. But, yeah, I, I think he should do well, and I think you said, you know, revive his career uh, would be true. I think all these free agent moves have been good 
um, you know, for the teams from there and, um, you know, should create a lot of, a lot of interest or definitely at, you know, looking at a preseason, we'll have, we'll have fun reviewing them here in the next couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Story was, there was some rumor that San Francisco was in on him. Uh, San Francisco also uh, missed out on Chris Bryant who finished the season in San Francisco. He signs a massive deal with the Rockies. I mean, a massive deal with the Rockies. The Rockies, just they just don't look good. I'll have to look at their roster to see where it's all shaken out, but I believe they lost pitching this offseason. Of course, Trevor Story gone as well. And my dogs are having fun upstairs. But uh, Chris Bryant in Colorado, what's he going to do there? Well, he's going to hit a lot of home runs. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I heard I heard some talk about that on Friday, and they said basically um, he's decided he wants to hit home runs and make a lot of money and um, not necessarily worry about winning a World Series. And um, that may very well be true. Now, sometimes that doesn't always work as well as it you know, you think it's going to, and I don't know much about the Rockies and their front office. Are they going to try to build around him? Are they going to try to, you know, um, you know, anything there, but yeah, he got quite the deal. He definitely got paid and, um, you know, everybody that plays there in, in Colorado a lot, you've got a good chance for the long ball. And, uh, so Bryant, you know, definitely, definitely will continue to be a hot commodity in fantasy. I would think. Uh, yeah, and it's going to work out for Chris Bryant no matter what because he's got enough money to retire four times, five times, six times over. So uh, he'll be just fine no matter what happens. He kind of goes Carmelo Anthony uh, going for the money over the championship. So uh, congratulations, Chris Bryant, on your new contract uh, from there. Uh, like I said, Dad, we're going to start our uh, Major League Baseball preview. We'll do the East Divisions uh, next Monday. We'll start it next Monday. We'll look through the AL and the NL East, and and the AL East, by the way, is reloaded tremendously. Toronto, New York, Boston, Tampa especially. Uh, But uh, we'll talk about all that next Monday, and we'll go through our MLB preview episodes over the next three episodes, starting Monday, and then the Friday episode, and then the following Monday episode as uh, well. Uh, Dad, anything else Major League Baseball or other sports oriented? Uh, We do got to talk about one thing. And I didn't give you the heads up on this, so I apologize. But I know your <laughs> thoughts on it. I know your thoughts on it. And so um, uh, you don't have to share your opinion if you don't want to. Uh, Leah Thomas, I think is what they call uh, the transgender swimmer who won the women's uh, medals and championship in the NCAA, was celebrated as the first transgender athlete to win a championship. But I continue just to come back to this simple point. We are trying in society to do better at how we treat females as over the years, there have been a lot of chauvinistic issues and different things like that, pay issues, whatever it may be. And now we're trying to celebrate a guy winning a girl's sport. And I just don't get it. I don't understand why people are so, I don't know, I'm not on that end of the spectrum as far as um, political views and things like that anyhow. But seriously, it's a guy beating girls in a girl's sport and we're supposed to celebrate it. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to celebrate it. I think it's stupid. Um, I, I, I don't understand why we can, and out of one side of our mouth, say uh, we need to treat women better and equally and those kinds of things. And then out of the other side of the mouth, say it's okay for a guy to compete in girls' sports. Listen, there's just no place for it. Um, they need to have their own category. Let them compete against each other. Um, at the end of the day, 
it's just wrong. Plain and simple, it's wrong. Uh, and and I'm just talking about from a pure athletic fairness of competition standpoint. It and I'm not I'm not going to get into the other side of the the argument. Um, it's just plain wrong, and I think it's despicable that it's been allowed to happen. And I hope that they'll look back on it and realize how stupid it is and they'll make the necessary changes. Any comments, Dad? Well, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think obviously this is this has not been an athletic thing. This is a political thing. And, um, you know, and, and, and that's where it's headed. I mean, this is not a, you're right. There's been things that are wrong about uh, women and fairness and sports, but this has nothing to do with that. This doesn't help. The, I wouldn't say where the, you know see where this helps. All oh, this is a great great move or great help for women's sports because that's not what this is. This is just a group that's you know gotten in here and got more publicity about it, and um, I don't think it's positive um, at all. So um, yeah, I, I I'm glad we get get done with this, and we'll see if it um, raises its ugly head again somewhere else, which it probably will. Uh, a literal ugly head, but yes, you're right. Um, okay. Uh, well, there you go. There's a good ending point, Dad. March Madness rolls on. Uh, we'll talk more about that on our Friday episode. Uh, this Wednesday, tune into the Sports Stove Local Hour. We're talking with a an assistant basketball coach from EKU women's basketball team, Abby Owings. She has uh, been put on the th- uh, best 30 under 30 uh, coaches list. And so we'll be talking with her, and we're supposed to talk with EKU closer, pitching closer, uh, Will Bryan as well. We're still working on nailing that down. But that's on Wednesday's local hour edition. And then Friday, we'll be back to talk all things basketball, football, sports news related, all those kinds of things as well. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Um, and uh, make sure you like, share, subscribe, review the podcast as well. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.